2: 10 juveniles from a suburban New Orleans lockup plagued by violence and willful mismanagement were transferred to the state's main adult prison on Tuesday, a supposedly temporary move allowed by a federal judge over the objections of criminal justice advocates and the young incarcerated citizens' families. The 10 were the first of roughly two dozen youth targeted for transfer from the Bridge City Center for Youth to Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola, a sprawling remote maximum security prison farm north of Baton Rouge. Governor John Bell Edwards and corrections officials announced the transfer plan in July, which set off a wave of organizing against it. Juvenile justice advocates and families of the young incarcerated citizens objected to the transfer from Bridge City to Angola, which is one of the worst prisons in Louisiana, and plagued by corruption, staff violence, and neglect. Prisoners across
1: Alabama's 14 major facilities have been on strike since September 26. Last Monday, the Alabama Department of Corrections, ADOC, declared that the strike is over, claiming that work stoppages have ended and that all correctional facilities are no longer on lockdown. ADOC Commissioner John Hamm stated, these three weeks have been very challenging for the staff at ADOC, and I'm very proud of the way they have risen to that challenge. Last Friday, the strikers released a statement citing the many punishments ADOC has inflicted on the prisoners, including bird feeding, refusing prisoners adequate food, denying them laundry service, coercing other inmates to work in place of the strikers, and forcing strike leaders and participants into solitary confinement. They explained that some prisoners would return to work to ensure that ADOC does not continue to target the most vulnerable in our population, and we plan to escalate our strike peacefully in the future but ADOC has taken their statement to allude to an end to their unified strike and protest. The US Department of Justice is embroiled in an ongoing lawsuit against the state and ADOC regarding the state of their prison system. On September 30th, a group of prisoners with medical conditions filed an emergency motion to intervene, urging the DOJ to end the state's retaliation against its prisoners. But on October 14th, federal attorneys recommended the DOJ deny the emergency motion. The strikers demand humane living conditions, an end to forced and unpaid labor, the repeal of laws like the Habitual Offender Act, reforms to parole, and an expedited process for medical release for the elderly and infirmed. Prisoners and their loved ones describe the Alabama prison system as a humanitarian crisis. This strike is, arguably, the largest and longest protest by Alabama's incarcerated citizens in history.
2: People with relatives and loved ones in Alabama prisons, as well as accomplices, rallied outside the state Capitol Friday to support striking incarcerated citizens and to decry inhumane conditions behind bars in a parole process that has seen up to 98% of applicants rejected in recent months. Hundreds joined the rally outside the Capitol. Tombstones were placed on the white marble steps of the Alabama Capitol to represent the men who died in Alabama prisons from suicides, murders, and overdoses. The rally followed a three-week work strike at many prisons aimed at seeking changes to state sentencing laws and the parole system. Inmates refused to show up for jobs in prison kitchens, janitorial services, and laundries, jobs that keep the prisons functioning, but for which the inmates received no pay. At the Capitol rally, Sandy Ray carried a photo of the battered face of her son, Stephen Davis, who died in 2019 after being beaten by corrections officers at William E. Donaldson Correctional Facility, where he was incarcerated. The U.S. Department of Justice is suing Alabama over the conditions in its prisons, saying the state is failing to protect male inmates from inmate on inmate violence and excessive force at the hands of prison staff. The case is slated for trial in 2024. Alabama officials have acknowledged problems, but deny that living conditions violate constitutional standards. Inmates and family members say that conditions have worsened in recent years despite the attention on the system. The rate of paroles has plummeted in recent years according to state statistics. The state parole board this week granted parole to just six inmates of the 58 who had hearings according to a news release. Alabama faces a separate court order to add as many as 2,000 officers to man understaffed prisons but has been unable to fill the positions.
0: Up next, we hear from Daniel McGowan, former political prisoner and member of the Certain Days Collective. Daniel's been on the show before, telling us about the Certain Days Calendar, which is out now. Here he is.
3: My name is Daniel McGowan. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm a member of the Certain Days Freedom for Political Prisoners Calendar Collective. That's a mouthful. And the calendar is now in its 22nd year, and uh, we are essentially a joint, like, fundraising and educational project between outside organizers across North America and uh, currently one political prisoner named Zanashli, who's uh, formerly known as Alvaro Luna Hernandez in Texas Prison. So we are an inside-outside collective formed 22 years ago by some Canadians from Montreal and former political prisoners Herman Bell. Uh, Robert Seth Hayes and David Gilbert, all of whom have been released in the last four years. And sadly, uh, Seth died two years ago. We do this calendar project. We pretty much work all year long, usually creating a theme and putting a call out, asking artists and people on the outside, asking people, both artists and writers on the inside and outside to submit across a theme. Um, this year we actually decided to not do a theme, have like a bit of an open call. And some of that was because we were, we, you know, after 22 years, sometimes we, we find it hard to pick a theme, but also we were just like in a bit of a transition got a few new collective members. So we went with an open call and we got like a really amazing array of art and articles. So I'll tell you a little bit about what we have this year. Um, the calendar is at the printer right now getting delivered tomorrow. And uh, this year, the cover is by uh, an artist named Zola, a Canadian, who just did this amazing uh, picture of a person drumming from the Wet'suwet'en camp, protesting, logging in their territory. We have contributions from a number of of people that you may know or may not know. Um, Jeff Monaghan and Andy Crosby, an artist named Killjoy, who works with Just Seeds, Noel Hanrahan an incarcerated artist named Juan Hernandez, Dan Baker, he's a political prisoner from Florida, a French artist named Antiproducts, uh, the Canadian journal Up in the anti, David Gilbert, our former editor, Garrett Silver wrote an article about Martin Sostre. Uh, we have art by also Blanco, Lawrence Jenkins, a, a prisoner from Washington, former political prisoner Ed Mead wrote about his co-defendant Bo Brown. Uh, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz, Scott Parkin, and Cindy Milstein. There's more, but I just didn't want to list all the names. so There should be some surprise there. But yeah, the calendar is 12 original pieces of art and 12 original articles, like I said, usually centered around a theme. Uh, this year, we don't have a theme, but um, the art and articles are really solid. And the that's like a chunk of the calendar. And then the beginning of the calendar is good for a lot of like newcomers to the movement, and it, it contains sections on um, like who we give our proceeds to, um, websites and projects that we suggest, and some books we like. And I'm excited that this year we, uh, we did for the second year in a row a graphic illustration of, of the actual books that we were recommending and, and we like and we took pictures of uh, books on our bookshelves. And so I'm really happy about that. And uh, then we have two pages of definitions, like useful kind of definitions for like the struggle against prisons, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We have a little thank you section and, and things like that. Like I said, it's a fundraising and educational project and proceeds from last year's calendar will be sent to a number of different organizations, including release aging people in prison, uh, the Matulu Shakur legal support fund, uh, Sundiata Akoli's release fund, Palestinian youth movement, Puget Sound prisoner support, uh, Appalachian against pipelines, the Wetsu Solidarity Fund and a few others uh, we like to send to you know different resistance groups to help them with their work. And so you can get the calendar a number of different ways. And in the United States, the easiest way to get it is through Burning Books in Buffalo. It's burningbooks.com. And we sell at wholesale rates. So if somebody wants to get more than 10, they can pay $10 per calendar and then sell it for 15 and keep the $5 for their organization. We get a lot of radical bookstores, info shops and campaigns that, that buy calendars this way. And it allows them to make a little, make a little money and also buy the calendars wholesale from us. And so you can do that on the burning books website. You just need to put the uh, discount code code bulk at checkout. Um, in Canada, you can get, uh, you know, one to nine copies at Leftwing books, uh, which is also known as Chris Lebedeb. It's leftwingbooks.net and can get information on how to get more than 10 copies from our website, certaindays.org. We also offer uh, prisoner copies for anyone that's been prison in jail across the United States. They are $8 each, and you can get them on our website at certaindays.org, and that covers the cost of the calendar and postage, and we will do the mailing for you. We include a paid receipt with the name of the the donor on it or the person that bought the calendar, and we have a much better success rate at getting calendars in, although that has... Been much tougher in recent years with the Federal Bureau of Prisons implementing these pretty strict mail rules. So, yeah, I think that's it.
0: As we've covered, Alabama prisoners have been striking since September 26th. Prisoners at all 13 prisons in the Alabama Department of Corrections went on labor strike, demanding improvements in conditions. This week, we speak again with an outside organizer who gives us updates on the situation. As you'll hear, the strike is now on hold, but they still continue fighting on the inside and out.
4: I want to say thank you so much to Dion Caldwell from both sides of the wall, who's here with us today on Kite Line. We'd love just to get a quick update on everything that's been happening down in Alabama last week, there was a a rally in Montgomery in support of the ongoing uh, strike or what was then the ongoing strike. Maybe could you just talk to us a little bit about how Friday went and what your general impressions were of that day?
5: Friday was awesome. It went really well. We had a great turnout. Um, you know, our building, um, the momentum on what we had, we, we, we definitely um, had more people than we had on the rally on September the 26th. So I think people are are, are really catching on and, and becoming aware and opening their minds um, and hearts to the situation that's going on in Alabama. You know, with the incarcerated citizens there, they are, are in a humanitarian crisis, they are suffering, and we just would like to to continue to build on this and continue to garner the attention of the state officials because they are under a huge amount of scrutiny and we want to continue to put that pressure on them so that some type of policy change um, can come about and give these men and women the relief that they are looking for.
4: Yeah. in from just, uh, you know, things that uh, we've seen online, it seems like there were hundreds of people there. The turnout was enormous. Um, and it, it can you just maybe confirm just the size of the crowd? And it also seemed like you'd all done, you'd done some really great kind of uh, interventions into the public space there at the Capitol in in Montgomery, just kind of putting up little, little signs and, and uh, little gravestones and things like that.
5: Yes, definitely. We wanted to um, um, make sure we paid homage to those that lost their lives um, in the Department of Corrections. So we did make a makeshift um, graveyard um, and uh, created a moment of silence for those that um, lost their lives within the um, ADOC. Um, we had around i I should say it was close to five hundred people there. We had four hundred on in some on the roster, so we had a lot of people that did not sign the roster, so I'm sure it was um closer to it not five hundred people um we you know people came out they made signs they put their heart into it. You know we made signs we we've made sure that you know we had something visible for the media and the public to see um that. There are huge um, issues, and it's a huge crisis going on within the ADFC.
4: That's That's wonderful. I mean, that's such a huge turnout. And so one of the things that kind of emerged in some of the news media over the weekend is that um, news media in Alabama were reporting that the strike um, had ended um and you know could you just maybe confirm for us or share with us maybe where the strike is at and kind of what the what the framing is um that in the incarcerated citizens who have been participating in the strike would would like everyone to 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 know about Okay so right now the
5: um men and women have decided to kind of put the strike on hold and give the governor, the um, legislators and the state of Alabama the opportunity to address, um, their grievances and demands that have been set forth. Um, however, if those demands and grievances have not been, um, have not been met or have not been addressed, shall I say, in some concrete, um, um, measures of change, then the men and women will resume the strike at a later date.
4: Okay, so really, uh, it sounds like the ball is really in KIV's governor, governor of Alabama, KIV's court and the, you know, the court of uh, the legislature of the state of Alabama. Um, It sounds like maybe, it sounds like people are just are waiting to see what kind of action will be Taken in the coming weeks is is that am I hearing you correctly?
5: Yes, yeah.
4: Okay, and what just maybe to remind some of the our listeners what what are kind of some of those key demands? What are some of the things that people are really looking for movement on um, from the from the from the government and from the politicians of Alabama? Basically, what you know
5: they're looking for is a repeal to the felony, um, habitual offender law immediately, um, to make presumptive citizen standards retroactive immediately, to create a statewide conviction integrity unit, and, um, have mandatory parole criteria that will guarantee parole to all eligible people who meet the criteria. Um, those are just some of it in, some of them, excuse me. And also streamlined review process for medical furloughs and review of elderly incarcerated individuals for immediate relief. Um those are um just some of the demands. We do have other demands that have were not listed. Um we have um to um in, you know, instate institation of good good time, excuse me, um, to all eligible people, people that are um that were are deemed eligible to return to society, so we just want to um, give people incentives for you know doing well, for taking programs, mm-hmm. taking classes, you know. So that that's what institutional good time is, and we want to instate that reinstate that for all eligible people that um, you know have um, parole dates or or in the dates, um, something that they can you know. Hey, you know, I'm staying out of trouble. I'm I'm taking out these programs to better myself. I'm doing um, trade schools. You know, I got my GED. I'm doing things positive to show you that I am ready to be um, a productive citizen. You know, so I think that we think that this time should be instated for those things.
4: Absolutely, and I I think maybe. One of the things for people who maybe haven't been following Alabama, the situation in Alabama closely, one of the things that's been really surprising or at least um, has featured pretty prominently in a lot of the reporting about the the general strike that's been happening in Alabama is just the the number of people rejected by the parole board and i I don't know the exact figure, but the first Two weeks of this month, uh, something you know around ninety percent of all people coming up for parole were rejected by the Alabama um, parole board. Would would you say that that the parole issue, um, and maybe uh, actually, I want to just kind of frame the question for you is, you know, what what do you think are some of the things that have really made this strike so powerful? Um, you know, I think you know it is just absolutely uh, astounding and really humbling to see how many people have participated in this strike and I'm just curious from your point of view what you what you would ascribe that um the really generalized nature of the strike to
5: because they don't have a way out they don't have any hope they don't have um um anything to look forward to, to get out of prison unless they have an end of sentence date. you know, and some of those sentences, most of the sentences are 20, 30 years and more. So with the parole board, not um, paroling anyone, you know, that just agitated a lot of people and and they seem that hey, we have to do something and stand up for ourselves. We have to, to let them know we're not going to continue to be um, convicts, we're not going to continue to, you know, work for free if people don't know what convict leasing is. We're not going to work for free and allow them to profit off of us, and we don't even have a way out of here. You know, they're not granted anyone parole, so they don't have a way out at all unless they see those 20, 30 years or more or better. Some have life sentences with parole; they don't have any hope. Mm. So that built the momentum and the anger and the frustration for them to stand up and say, Hey, enough is enough.
4: Absolutely. I think for everyone, um, both in Alabama and outside Alabama, it's just been incredibly inspiring. Um, seeing both what people on the inside and the outside have, have been able to do, um, you know, speaking about some of, um, you know, the difficulties of, of organizing such a huge, um, such a huge and generalized strike. I know, um, there's been a lot of, you know, financial, um, impacts that people in particular on the outside have undergone. And, uh, I think, is it, is it the case that you all have a GoFundMe? I I feel like maybe it hasn't been, uh, circulated very much, but is there some place that, you know, people who feel strongly, um, about this ongoing, although on hold, um, strike situation, is there some place that people, uh, could maybe direct some funds if they have some extra money, uh, this month towards helping, um, people who are involved in this, in this, in this strike situation that's currently on hold, But um, is, is an, maybe an ongoing
5: situation. Yes, definitely. Um, we do have a GoFundMe that is out there. Um, the GoFundMe is to help the incarcerated men and women with, um, you know, hygiene, um, with um, food items, for um, to help people that have been retaliated against and sent into segregation for standing up in, its, um, you know, Exercising their First Amendment rights. So um, we do have that goal funding. It's also to help file, you know, motions that they have put in place. Um, particularly, we have one for bird feeding. We have had to come out of our pocket with a lot of these things expenses for the rally um, and people getting people to the rally. So, yes, we have incurred um, enormous expenses. Um, however, you know, we, we put it all on the line when it comes to our incarcerated loved ones.
4: Uh, absolutely. If anyone would
5: like to help and assist with um anything um they can go to uh, both sides of the again that's both sides of the they can also email us at contact at both We are found on our social media platforms, so you can contact us there as well but um yes, we um you know, would love anyone that would, is willing to donate because we, we plan on um, starting a tour to all the big cities in Alabama, um, Mobile, Birmingham, uh, Dolphin, and um, Huntsville, and we will end with a big rally in Montgomery. We're going to go through town halls in all those cities just to educate people on what's going on and let them know, see the conditions and see how these people are actually living. And if they have any questions and concerns, we're there to address those. So, um, yes, we any any donations are, are definitely um, appreciated to help us with this movement and help the men and women inside. That's great. And again, you can go to both sides of the wall.com.
4: Okay, that's great. We'll definitely put links to the GoFundMe and to all of your social media in the show notes um, it it sounds like we're kind of in a, we're in a kind of holding pattern. We're waiting to hear, you know, what the, what KIV and what the legislature of, of the state of Alabama will have to say Um, is, is there some place that you, that people should be looking at um, in order to kind of stay up with what's going on in the situation and also to know, Maybe when um, the situation might be might be changing, is is there is there a particular place like a Twitter or something like that 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 people should be following um, in order to to have the latest information about the situation in
3: Alabama?
5: Yes, they can. Like I said, they can follow us on any of the social media platforms. On Twitter is BSW underscore advocacy. ESW underscore advocacy. You here they can search both sides of the wall. TikTok is both sides of the wall. Facebook is both sides of the wall. So we are on all platforms and also on our website, um, bothsidesofthewall.com, we do post updates.
4: Awesome. Thank you so much. And, you know, thank you again so much uh, for all of your organizing and also for sharing so much of your time um, during the last couple of weeks with us here at KiteLine. We'll definitely stay in touch, and we're looking forward to uh, to the the next set of the next set of news coming out um, from you all and from from the state of Alabama.
5: We will definitely keep you updated. So just um, stay tuned. We will put all the information that we have out, and I thank you for allowing us to use your platform We'll continue to get the message out and keep this information in front of the public eye.
4: Awesome! Thank you so much.
0: Thanks to everyone who helped with the show. We'll have links to our previous episodes about the Alabama prison strike and the certain days calendar in our show notes, as well as information on how to support both sides of the wall and their continued struggle. This has been KiteLine. You can follow KiteLine Radio on all social media platforms. And if you want to financially support our work, you can become a supporter at patreon.com forward slash KiteLineRadio. Any funds raised beyond operating costs will be sent to folks on the inside. Please check out our new searchable website with hundreds of archived shows at KiteLineRadio.org. After a brief hiatus, we're happy to report that our prisoner call in phone line is back. Folks on the inside or their outside friends and supporters can call 765-343-6236 to record a message to be played on the air. Please share this number widely and we'll try to answer and air all messages possible. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Thank you for listening.